Hidden Valley Ranch is the original and number one ranch dressing with a cult-like following of loyal fans. Make any menu item more loved by offering your patrons creamy and cool Hidden Valley Ranch. Visit HiddenValleyRanchFoodService.com for more info, rebates, and samples. Hello, and welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering Menu Food and Drink for both brands. Today, I'm sitting down with Jason Knoll, Vice President of Culinary for Another Broken Egg, a growing breakfast, brunch, and lunch chain with 75 locations. Jason talks about the importance of listening to consumers to create a craveable menu, focusing on the signatures that guests can't easily make at home. While many of the items are Southern-inspired and indulgent, he balances those out with a selection of sensible creations that boast a health halo. Another Broken Eggs cocktails also differentiate the concept, and many of the handcrafted drinks use the same seasonal ingredients that drive the food menu. Listen as Chef Noel shares how he is evolving the menu as he takes Another Broken Egg through 2021 and beyond. Welcome, Jason. So glad to have you with us today. Pat, thanks for having me. What was your culinary journey before you came to Another Broken Egg? I mean, what what steps took you to become the chef at Another Broken Egg? Very humbling. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I went to culinary school in the 90s, uh, I was going to be the next greatest chef. Uh, I was Iron Chef before Iron Chef was a thing. Uh, and and then reality sunk in. Um, and there's a lot more moving parts to being a chef than just creating the two or three dishes. It's a lot about building relationships. It's a lot about teamwork. Uh, it's a lot about understanding um, the, the progression of any dish. So in, as a career, I, I started uh, in independent restaurants uh, and quickly found out that there was a lot of consistency and continuity lost in that. So I, I did a little bit of time with uh, with Marriott, which was great. Um, and I learned structure and I learned to work with big, uh, large organizations and how to feed a lot of people. Uh, so that was just great from a large catering uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, spend two years on a motor yacht as a private chef. Uh, which uh, really helped for planning and uh, certainly gives me some Zen moments to reflect on uh, as I go. Uh, But then um, I joined uh, a a group, uh, Ruth's Chris, Ruth's Hospitality. um, And it really showed me that you can make great food, um, scratch based, um, and you don't have to be so complicated in what you do. If you do everything great, it doesn't have to be a lot of things. Uh, You'll really win over your consumer. Uh, and then when I joined uh, Broken Egg, um, I got to take all of that uh, funness wrapped up into one uh, and, and, uh, and, and take what was already created uh, and, and pass along uh, some amazing traditions and have some fun twists on some old classics. So let's start by talking about another broken egg um, as a concept. It's mostly breakfast and lunch. Is that correct? Yes, but don't forget brunch. It's probably the most important. Okay. So how do you differentiate the menu from your competitors in that segment? We've always had uh, seafood 
on our menu is a big sepa separator. We've also got alcohol. So we're a boozy, fun, brunchy kind of place. Mm. So, and you, I also noticed you have a very extensive menu of pancakes. Can you talk about those a little bit? Man, we are stuffing them, flipping them, and dressing them. Uh, so yeah, there's just uh, pancakes are just such a great vehicle uh, for flavor. We even have some savory applications from time to time. Mm -hmm. And what is special about the coffee that you serve? <gasps> well, of course, uh, <laughs> it is proprietary, so I, I can't tell you what blend it is, but it's got three uh, different countries of origin, um, and they're roasted, it's different roasts. Um, they're all, um, there's a Robusta and, and Arabica, and, and Arabica is the better one. So all of our coffees are Arabica. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And your menu also has kind of a Southern direction. Can you talk about that a little bit? What are some of the menu items that show their Southern roots? Yeah, we're uh, founded in the Southeast and uh, we've got biscuits and gravy. We've got uh, chicken and waffles, fried chicken, of course. Uh, just some real kind of down home, stick to your gut kind of great indulgent breakfast from the South. Are those more brunchy items than breakfast or people have, you know, I think, um, I think there's a balance there. I think we, we see a lot of the brunch items uh, are Southern, but you know, such global flavors now are being introduced in all concepts. So um, yeah, I would say that there's definitely some Southern uh, in, the, in the brunch items, but it's very diverse. And you recently tightened up your focus on signature products like the lobster and brie omelet and crab cake Benedict. So why is it a smart strategy right now to sort of simplify or streamline your menu to focus on signature products? I think you really have to listen to the consumers uh, and you can do that through product mix. So what we saw were these were some of our more popular items, some of our better sellers. And with all the, the recent events uh, taking place, people want what they're they're not willing to make at home. So it's, it's quite a, an effort to go to the store to get lobster. Uh, there's at least uh, nine different ingredients in our uh, in-house made hollandaise uh, that maybe they just don't want to cook at home. Uh, Brie is just one of those cheeses that, uh, that, you know, three slices is enough. A whole wheel might be too much. So we're listening to our guests, what, seeing what they're ordering and making the best decisions to keep giving them what we're doing. And does that help in the back of the house too with operational efficiency? It does. Labor is no joke, Pat. Uh, so what we have to do is we have to make something great a lot of times, great muscle memory, give everyone a chance to succeed and get that food out to meet the expectations of the consumer. So do you make your hollandaise every day, but you know, from scratch. I mean, that's really, I, I've tried making holidays and it is a little time consuming. So it is time consuming. Uh, we don't just make it every day. We make it multiple times in the day. Yeah. Uh, so holidays is one of those ones where you want to keep it uh, at just the right temperature, not too hot, but it breaks if it gets too cold. So we make holidays every four hours at every cafe. Wow. That's impressive. And then along with these indulgent items like the fried chicken and waffles and the crab cake Benedict, you also have a menu section called Sensible Creations. So is that popular with guests now? It's getting more popular. Uh, and I think it's just the, the American consumer is doing a great job of understanding that sensible food doesn't 
necessarily have to be flavorless. So we make a flavor bomb out of everything. So we've got a quinoa and granola dish uh, with five power foods. It's absolutely delicious. It's got calories, no joke. It's got 900 calories, but it's enough calories, good calories to sustain yourself for hours and hours on the day. It's got uh, antioxidants with blueberries. It's got the right fat from coconut milk, uh, just an all around great dish. And, and then we've got uh, some skinny omelets. Uh, we just launched uh, a skinny Benny. Uh, so it's a Benedict and it uses a Volute instead of Hollandaise. Uh, it's got shrimp, which is a great uh, source of protein. So we're listening to the flexitarians out there. Uh, we're listening to the people that just want to eat, eat smarter but we're not sacrificing flavor in anything we're doing in that category. Right. Have you noticed that, you know, post pandemic um, consumers really are looking for like immune boosting or healthier items sometimes, maybe not all the time, but some of the time. They are, uh, they are. And, and, and that's the fun thing to give them are some of those immune boosting. I, I'd already mentioned the blueberries uh, with the antioxidants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's increasing awareness. But again, it still has to be indulgent. You can eat uh, uh, immune boosting uh, and still have a lot of fun and flavor. Right. So how do you use sauces and condiments aside from the hollandaise, which we already talked about, to add signature dishes um, to the menu? Uh, I'm not the only chef that's doing this. We're all doing it. Uh, We're having fun using safe sauces as vehicles or carriers Mm -hmm. for global flavors. Uh, So you can take uh, mayonnaise, for instance. Uh, And I'm not talking about uh, mayonnaise that we're making in-house. That's that's a bit of a challenge with shelf life. But you can take mayonnaise and you can add capers and peppers and seasonings. And now you've got a remoulade. Uh, which is on the menu. So I think uh, you get more creative. We've added things to hollandaise. Uh, we've added things to, to, to mayonnaise, but you, you almost have to take some of those items uh, that are cross-utilized on the menu just to get the, the full flavor impact of all the ingredients that you have. Right. And you also um, have a chipotle ranch dressing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Is that used mostly on salads? Uh, mostly on salads. Uh, it has seen itself on uh, seasonal selections as a wonderful spicy uh, little addition to maybe a sandwich uh, or other items. Uh, and Chipotle, we've added, we did a wonderful vegetarian uh, Benedict uh, not too long ago, and it had Chipotle in the hollandaise. And uh, it just gives a nice little bit of uh, heat and smoky heat with that Chipotle. Mm-hmm. So are you using any plant-based um, items. I know that, you know, a lot of places have added plant-based sausage to breakfast sandwiches or plant-based um, burgers. Is that something that you're experimenting with as well? We, we are experimenting. Uh, for us, though, um, we really want whatever is plant-based uh, to be created in the kitchen, not in a lab. So that's critical for us uh, that we're honest with our ingredients. Uh, what we are looking at, some wonderful products, and you can definitely see uh, the vegetables and it's clean labeled. Uh, hopefully we should see that on the menu, uh, in 2022, uh, the first part of, of the year. Um, but what I, what I'd like to expand on that one. And I think this is, uh, you know, this is important, um, for, for us is celebrating plants. They're delicious. Carrots are amazing. Uh, celery is amazing. Potatoes are amazing. Blueberries, avocados are beyond amazing. Uh, and so I, we should celebrate them for what they are and, and consume them 
uh, in their state. You know, I've, I've never asked a cow to crunch like a carrot, so I really don't need uh, a carrot to, uh, to, to, to bleed like a, a cow. So uh, that's kind of our position on that one. Um, and as far as um, to-go sales, I know that when the pandemic hit, they, they comprised only about 2% of your business. And then you had to quickly transition to package some menu items for takeout and delivery. So can you talk about how you did that, how you made that transition? And I heard that you boosted sales to 15% for to-go items. Uh, it was both painful <laughs> to transition that quickly, but not where uh, where we would expected uh, would have expected. Um, we already had some great containers. We had invested in compostable containers to be good stewards of the environment. And those containers, um, they reheat well in microwaves. Uh, another thing is if they're sitting underneath a heat lamp for extensive periods of time, waiting for the third party delivery or for the consumer to come get them, um, they conducted the heat well and they didn't melt. Mm. Uh, so by making this decision pre-pandemic, we positioned ourselves well with the containers and we had uh, a great supply, uh, thanks to our suppliers of these products. I think the biggest problems for us um, was labor, uh, to be honest, and it continues to be one of the biggest issues uh, for the labor. <laughs> we, we did, um, like everybody, tried to uh, pair back to the items that we felt uh, transported the best mm -hmm. and items that were the most popular. Um, and our consumers wanted nothing to do with that. Uh, so we quickly went to full menu. Um, America, you're, you're smarter than we give you credit for. Thank you for teaching us lessons. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so even things like Eggs Benedict, they did for takeout or delivery? You know, I heard a lecturer uh, not too long ago, and they said, uh, whoever decided that Chinese food and pizza were the only or the best delivery um, <laughs> Uh, items. And if you think about it, it's true. And when you, when you get that pizza uh, straight out of the oven at the, the pizza place, that crust is just so nice and crisp. And it's and it's the cheese is just so stringy, melty. Uh, it's, it's magic, right? But when you get one that comes from the delivery, it's, maybe it's warm-ish. Uh, and maybe it doesn't have that magic crisp to the crust. Uh, same with Chinese vegetables. They're, they're, when you go to the restaurant, they're crunchy, they're crisp, they're holding just the right amount of sauce. And when you get them to go, they're not that way. So to answer your question, Pat, I'm sorry, um, Eggs Benedict, there's an expectation. They know that that egg is not going to be perfect. What I will say uh, is that maybe there weren't as many Eggs Benedict purchased to go. So once again, thank you, American consumer. You're smarter than we gave you credit for. <laughs> so what were some of the more popular items that we're packaged to go. I cannot believe how many shrimp and grits we sold. Mm, that's interesting. Well, that, that sounds like something that would travel well. Yeah, it did. Uh, shrimp tends to, to perhaps get a bit overcooked, but uh, oh, the, the cheesy Gouda grit goodness uh, in there and the shrimp. And we've got a nice low country uh, reduction sauce. It, it, it held up well, but we also sold a lot of chicken and waffles. Waffles don't necessarily hold up well. Um, but we, back to your Chipotle, we, we have a Chipotle honey that goes on top. And I think that uh, makes you forget that waffle isn't quite as crisp. <laughs> I guess you could always heat it up in your toaster oven or if you want to. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so are to-go orders still an important part of your business at Another Broken Egg? 
It's uh, dwindled a little bit, uh, but not significantly, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Uh, hello and thank you, uh, incremental sales. So we're uh, certainly holding on to more of it. Uh, and I think that's part of some of the really encouraging numbers that, uh, that we're, we're showing right now. And right now, most of your restaurants are open for dining or all of them are open for dining. Is that correct? Uh, yes, all of them are open for dine-in, uh, some in more limited capacities than other, but geographically, we're very fortunate being in the South. Um, we didn't see quite the same closures as the, the extreme coasts. Right. When you were doing um, takeout and delivery, were you allowed to do alcohol to go as well? Because you mentioned that your drinks menu was very important to the concept. We were. It's so encouraging. Uh, we sold alcohol wherever we could. Uh, and some of the states were, uh, were, were quite nice and lenient. Uh, and some of the states have decided to keep their, uh, their, their more, uh, I guess, what's the word for liberal cells uh, of alcohol. So we're, we're excited about that. Mm. So how do you package those? Do you put them in like jars or bottles? Or We started with kits. Um, so you could, because we were concerned about sealed containers, mm -hmm. uh, and this really helped us, uh, pull through uh, some inventory, but what we're currently developing and I, uh, I'm really excited, uh, are some smart pouches, uh, mm -hmm. in three different sizes, uh, some to hold ice, uh, others not, and, uh, looking at testing one that holds an entire pitcher uh, to go in a sealed container. Wow. That sounds amazing. Great for a picnic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Pool party, picnic, uh, or just yeah, sipping in your office. So I heard also that your alcohol sales really boomed in 2020. They went to 13% of total sales and some locations saw 40%. So um, talk about the cocktail program and what makes it so unique. Uh, it's It's been years in the making, I, I will say that. Um, at, at first, uh, the cocktails were an amenity. The alcohol was an amenity. Uh, and we just, uh, a little bit to add to your coffee, uh, maybe a little glass of champagne. But what we found, especially during the pandemic, was uh, part of indulgence uh, is, is, is drinking. Um, and so we started putting as much effort into the creation and balancing uh, of cocktails as we did with food. So we really took um, uh, kind of a mixology look at getting that balance of, of sweet, sour, uh, salty, having a drink be balanced and taste just excellent and having our drinks uh, cross utilize seasonal flavors. For instance, mangoes. Uh, we're doing a blueberry margarita right now as things start to warm up and blueberries come into season. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. So, and then we'll see things with strawberries. We'll see things with mangoes. We'll see things with lemons. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun and it's not just about getting drunk. It's about having a cocktail that's so good, uh, that it'll bring you back with that so good entree. Right. Well, I mean, brunch is always a fun time to have a, a drink with your brunch. And they, it sounds like you're pairing uh, the flavors well with the food. Ah, thank you. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> and it seems to be working. I mean, when you go from uh, way back in, in, the, in the early 2010, 2011, we were at 3% alcohol sales. So as we put more effort uh, into the drinks, um, we see the results uh, mm -hmm. now up to 14% for alcohol sales. 
So talking about um, spring flavors, how are you freshening up the menu uh, with seasonal ingredients for the warmer weather? Um, well, here's what you can look forward to. Okay. Um, uh, we've got a watermelon salsa in a taco. Uh, we've got watermelon in a drink. Um, there's uh, lemons in the summer are always so nice. So we've got a lemon custard that's going to be stuffed in a French toast. Uh, we've got a blackberry French toast. Uh, we're doing mangoes in a walnut power bowl uh, and maybe some mangoes in a rum cake. And by the way, um, alcohol and food don't just go together one in one hand and one in the other. Um, we are incorporating alcohol into our entrees as well. So if you want to get our uh, rum cake French toast, you're, you're going to have to have your ID ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can do it without that uh, alcohol, but it automatically comes with it and we will be carding you. Uh, we've also got some fresh pineapple coming on a dish. Uh, and then there's, um, you know, not everything has to be in season. So there may or may not be a cookie dough waffle coming. I think cookie dough transcends all mm -hmm. seasons. Definitely. Thank so you. what are some of the changes you made during the pandemic on the menu that you believe will have longevity? Well, first of all, we're a bit more apprehensive with customized products. Um, there were some liquidation challenges. So if you can find something uh, and modify it, that's a far better solution than getting something that you're liable for. Mm. Um, and we also worked on SKU consolidation. Um, we were doing that a little bit pre-pandemic, uh, pre but it really accelerated. And I think now in, in the construction of all menu items and menu design, that is now uh, prioritized as a key consideration. Mm. Um, and then I think we've spent a lot more time monitoring social media uh, mm. for feedback and direction. And, you know, we always kind of monitored it. Now it's something that I'm just digesting as, as fast as I can because I think it's it's the consumer telling us what to do. Uh, and, and the faster we've seemed to pivot based on the information, the more successful we seem to be. So when you talk about customized products, you mean things that you partner with a supplier to create? Yeah, example would be maybe we make a special bread that has chocolate and cranberry in it. Um, maybe now we can include chocolate and cranberry uh, outside of the bread instead of it being cooked in the bread. So that would be one example of uh, just a really good product that we can enhance with other ingredients as opposed to having it made and built into the product. I get it, okay. So as we move into 2021, you mentioned that you do a lot of seasonal uh, menu items. Do you have some limited time offers that are in the pipeline? We do. Uh, we've got one coming up uh, right now uh, for the summer. It'll be launched in April. We'll see another uh, segment coming out in August. And then we've got uh, some holiday goodies coming out in November. So let's talk about what's coming up in August. Um, we're going to be doing uh, blackened Mahi Benedict on focaccia with a tasso cream sauce instead of hollandaise. Mm. Um, and then we're going to take our Gouda cheese grits and we're going to top it with uh, short ribs, uh, a fried egg and pickled watermelon. So we're going to use the entire watermelon. We're going to juice it for drinks. Uh, we're going to dice it for the side of fruit and we're going to pickle the rind to go on top of the brunch short ribs. So that's a real fun one. And mm. then we're going to have a Hendrix hurricane coming on. So this is uh, a New Orleans, Louisiana style juice 
uh, with Hendrix, kind of our fun play on gin and juice. Mm. And that'll have the watermelon juice in it? It may or may not. I'm not allowed to talk about what the ingredients are in that oh. juice. Okay. <laughs> we won't um, make you reveal them. So as you know, as we move into 2021, what are you most looking forward to in the next year, you know, both professionally as a chef and personally? We have the absolute best team uh, put in place right now that I've ever worked with. And I, I no joke, I, I just really look forward to working with them. And we've built such solid relationships uh, with our vendors and our consumers that I'm just looking forward to a nice year to appreciate everyone and all the people and all the work that they do. Uh, and on a personal uh, note, I am just a recent father. I'm looking to spend every extra minute I can uh, with my little baby girl, Sophia, who's turning one on April 16th. Oh, happy birthday, Sophia. Thanks so much, Jason. I really enjoyed hearing about another Broken Egg's inventive breakfast and brunch menu. Please join me for the next episode of Menu Feed as we explore more food and drink trends. You can listen to past podcasts on Spotify. Hidden Valley Ranch is the original and number one ranch dressing with a cult-like following of loyal fans. Make any menu item more loved by offering your patrons creamy and cool Hidden Valley Ranch. Visit HiddenValleyRanchFoodService.com for more info, rebates, and samples.